Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. It's, it's, a, it's a peculiar place, interesting place. Unlike the kitchen, the kitchen is a place where we consume. The bathroom is a place where we let go. So they kind of link together, you know what I mean? Tell somebody, let go. You better be letting go. You better be letting go. But the bathroom is, is, is you, know, and, and, you know, I didn't want to just do the obvious things, and we know that. And we already talked about getting rid of toxic relationships and toxic people. You know, and I could have said, well, you know, sit on the commode. Tell me you got to let some things go. Let some people go. But that's, 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 that's low-hanging fruit. Y'all know that. Tell somebody, get rid of the stuff you don't need. Say, get rid of the people you don't need. <laughs> Separate from the places that you don't need. Okay, so we, we talked about the commode. All right, we're good. But the first thing I want to talk about is the bathroom is a place of separation. I never understood it until I got kids. Well, my mama used to come home from work and just go in the bathroom. I was like, dog, it seemed like every time. And staying there for a long time, too. We staying out at the door waiting for mama to come out. I didn't realize it until I got children of my own that the bathroom is a place of separation. Because ain't nobody just going to come because of what goes on in there. People ain't just eager just to follow you on up in there. <laughs> Somebody say separation. And I want to deal with our need as believers to separate to pull apart, to pull aside every now and then. Let's talk to you. Matthew 9 and 23 says this. This is it's a story where Jesus, where a ruler came to Jesus. He said, my, my daughter has died. She's not sick. There's a centurion one time, telling me his servant was sick and blah, blah, blah. But this one said, my daughter is dead. But if you come to my house, I know you'll raise her up. And Jesus said, I'll come. On the way coming, on his way, the woman with the issue of blood, there's two sentences they put right in there. The woman with the issue of blood stopped him on his way to healing and raising this woman's daughter. I mean, this, this man's daughter. We're going to pick up at 23. It says this. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house, Look what it is, y'all. And he saw a flute players and the crowd making a commotion. Isn't it interesting that when calamity is going on, people know how to show up? <laughs> they were already getting, you know, getting the commotion together. They said a commotion. It wasn't, it wasn't able to around there consoling the family and, and praying for them, and they were singing hymns. They said there was a flute players around a whole band. I don't know where. I guess they, they um, a flute players that just specialize in being mourners. You know, some people are just professional mourners. They show up to cry, show up to stir some stuff up. Like, they ain't satisfied unless people are, are weeping and bent over and laying on the floor, balled up in fetal position. You ever seen people like that? Well, the, the, the Bible describes that Jesus showed up and it was a band of flute players and a whole crowd. It was a bunch of commotion around the house. The Word of God says that this man was a ruler. Obviously, he was a man of, of stature in the community. 
and there was a commotion ensuing. Somebody say there was a commotion. He said, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, go away, for the girl is not dead. She's only sleeping. Have you ever showed up at a situation? Have you ever showed up at, at something and there is a band of naysayers? Some of y'all probably got to go to a job in the morning and say, Lord, when them couple get together in the break room, that's a mess. Anybody ever recognize a, a, a band of flute players in your life that, 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 that are already playing, playing taps? They're already playing. They're, they're already preparing for the burial of your issue. They're already preparing. They're already preparing for after, after the marriage separates and after your children go crazy and after, and after the diagnosis, they're already making plans. Honey, you need to pick out your dress for when you die because you want to be put away well. Somebody say, there's some flute players in my life. But Jesus' response was, that may be appropriate for somebody who is dead, but she is not dead. She's only asleep. And look at that response. <laughs> Word of God said they laughed at him. This is Jesus. They laughed at him. They trusted more in the, uh, than, 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 than the facts. They trusted more in the facts. Hey, we saw the girl. We saw that she was dead. We saw her, we saw her lips turning blue. We, we touched and we felt the coldness of her skin. She is not dead. And they trusted so much in what they saw, what they felt, what they touched, and what their senses could perceive that they laughed at Jesus. They laughed at Jesus. His reputation had preceded him. Or the ruler would not have gone to get him. What well, they said, oh shoot, Jesus on the scene, something about to happen. They laughed at Jesus. Can I tell you people of God, in the vicissitudes of your life, will you make a choice to believe the report of the Lord? Prepare to be laughed at. Prepare to be talked about. Look at Jesus' response. He didn't say, I'm going to show you. I'm Jesus. I'm the son of Nazareth. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm Mary's baby. I was born of a virgin. Watch my power. You know what Jesus did? Look at Jesus' response. But, but, but then the crowd was put outside. He didn't answer them. He didn't argue with them. He didn't say, I'm going to prove that I'm this. I'm going to prove it out that. He simply put the unbelievers outside. I don't want you looking around, squinted-eyed at people. But I just want you to take inventory. When issues come up in your life, who's with you? When they find out about the calamity going on in your life, who's beside you? Who's the one saying, look, I'm glad you told me so I can be praying for it, but you're going to get through this. God is stronger than that disease. God is stronger than that issue going in your life. God is stronger. God said you need to seek out those because Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they agree? And God told me, he said, he said the reason that some people are not seeing manifestation in their lives is because they are walking with people who are flute players, who are planning the burial, who are planning things dying in their lives who are planning for the phase after the thing God said you need to put them out 
It's going to stay dead if you don't put them out. God said, I move in unity. I move in, connect, in connectiveness. What did God say? What two gather together in my name, I'll be in the midst. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. So when I put my faith with your faith, then God puts his presence and seal over it. There is nothing that can be impossible when God shows up. But we've been asking God to show up in situations that are not conducive for God to move. And if Jesus, the embodiment of God, the warehouse of God, if he had to get the naysayers out of the room, what about you? Are we tolerating people for not, want to, not wanting to offend people? Who's in the room with you that shouldn't be in the room? God, I thank you. is in the room that is breaking the life-giving flow. There were some cities that Jesus could not even perform miracles in because of their unbelief. So I want you to take real stock. God said that this, this is a season of separation. I ain't say disown them, never speak to them again. But there are some people that make them bad. They just don't believe like to the degree that you believe. And you got to make a decision. Do I want this thing to live or not? Do I want this thing to live or not? Because like I said before, before to follow Jesus means I'm leaving something else. There's not enough room in your reservoir to hold Jesus in everything and everybody. Tell somebody, let it go. The next thing is that the bathroom... Not only it's a place of separation, but it's a place of seclusion. Somebody say seclusion. It's a place of privacy. That's what I didn't understand when my mom was, she was going there to get some privacy. Somebody say privacy. I want to give you an example as it pertains to privacy. Mark the first chapter, the 32nd verse. This is after Jesus had been healing a multitude of folk to the point where people were outside of the house where he was and they kept bringing people who was demon-possessed and people who were sick. They kept bringing them to Jesus. On into the night. The word talked about when the sun set, Jesus was still healing people. And it says this at 32, it says, And that even when the sun did set, they brought to him all that were diseased, all that were possessed with devils. And all the city, somebody say all the city was gathered together at the door and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And this is the part I want to draw your attention to. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there, Jesus prayed. I want to talk a little bit about the need for privacy. 
the need for seclusion. Somebody say seclusion. You have to understand that when, when, when we're in the bathroom, and I'll sit here for a second. When we're in the bathroom, it's a place where it's just all us. I don't know if somebody want to come in here, it's like, come in at your own risk, but come on in. <laughs> but it's a place that we are generally by ourselves. And can I tell you something, people of God? We are in a society where people don't like to be by themselves. Where people do not like to be alone. We'll be in a restaurant and we'll look at a person that's sitting by themselves and we'll kind of feel sorry for them. Like, oh. Are you dining alone? You know, they just say it with a nice, with a dark tone, like, oh, nobody wants to be with you. But the fact of the matter is, people, as much as we love, as much as we talked about connections and, and being there, are sometimes where we have to be alone. And the devil knows that. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you all the great things that happened when people in the Bible were alone. Moses saw a burning bush while he was alone. Jacob wrestled with the angel and saw a ladder of angels going up and down when he was alone. Jonah got a message from God to go to Nineveh when he was alone. And even Jesus himself, when he hung up on the cross, even Father God turned his back on him. Some of the greatest things that God will ever speak to you will not be in a multitude of a crowd like this, people of God. I know it's great and I know it's necessary. We, uh, th th we should not forsake the, forsake the assembly of ourselves together and, and uh, uh, as, as, this, as this evil day draws more wicked, we should draw close. I understand all that. Nobody should be a hermit. I am not advocating that. But after you leave the crowd, after you say amen, there is some things that are only established in your spirit alone it's in those still quiet moments it's in those still quiet moments that God speaks to you some of the greatest things that God has ever spoken to humanity has been why people have been alone but you'd be surprised in this society we're scared to be alone because many of us don't like who we are. We're scared to be alone because life has shifted and changed on me and so I got to stay busy. I got to run here. I got to run there. And I run, run, run until I fall out and pass the sleep and then I can be inoculated. And guess what? But it comes up in your subconscious. You're having nightmares. You're reminded you, you, you're sleeping but you're not resting. And you wake up the next day and let me run and let me run. Let me do this. And we are overscheduling our lives because we're scared that if I sit still and I get quiet, I got to deal with me. So we jump in and out of relationships. We jump in and out of, out of, out of jobs. We jump, jump even in and, in and out of churches. But let me tell you something I said to somebody the other day. I don't care where you go, you're going to take you with you. You can change friends or you can change locations like you change socks. But the common denominator is you. Everywhere you go, you're going to take you with you. And so we've got to face us. Let me tell you something. When you're alone, and I learned to embrace this, the old I've gotten. You learn yourself. Let me tell you, let me, let, let, let me revise that. You learn your current self. 
we get to know a God if we don't know ourselves? Tell us about it, the current version of you. Some of us are living through the prism of what we used to be. 20, the 20 year ago, ago us. The us when we were married still. The us before this, the, the, before we had children, we are still chasing and trying to hold on to the old version of us and we haven't learned who we are now. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that the old version of you is better or the new version of you is not. But anything living is evolving. The only thing that is not changing are dead things. Tell somebody, I'm very much alive. When we embrace being in a secluded, solitary environment, we, we can learn ourselves. Second, we get to know God. There are certain things we're going we're gonna to learn in this environment that we can't learn. This is the only thing we're going to receive corporately, and there's only going to be some things you're going to receive individually. So I want you to write this down. What is it that God is speaking to you that you can't hear because you refuse to embrace seclusion? What is it that God is currently saying that you cannot hear because you refuse to be alone? And here's the thing, y'all. We can be alone and still have people around. These little things here invites the whole world into our lives. So that's the reason you see people sitting still and they're doing this. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Snapchat because we refuse to be alone. And so even when I'm alone, I'm connecting with people. I want to see who's doing this. I'm seeing that. And you got everybody speaking in your spirit except God. But tell somebody, it's time to get alone. If Jesus, after performing all those miracles, the Word of God said he went to a solitary place. But for some of us, we've got to have people around. And guess what? When we create this unhealthy dependence on other people, we put ourselves in position for people to manipulate us. I want you to listen to me very clearly. Because there are people out there that are looking for people who, are, who need validation by others. And they got radar on them. Do, 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 do. Oh, I found one. And those people will manipulate you they know you have that need for validation. They know you have that need that you can't stand being by yourself. And so what they will end up doing is, it, it, it's not even through explicit what they say. They, they, they'll act certain ways and control you. They'll say certain things. They'll pose things in questions. But it's really a statement. Anybody ever, anybody ever known that or been touched by that? God said, if you, if, you, if you get unafraid to be alone, that's where my directions are. That's where I'm going to speak to you. I put it like this. God normally speaks to his people in whispers. Somebody say whisper. God normally speaks to his people in whispers. And in order to be a person that hears a whisper, you've got to be secluded. He's got to be close, and it's got to be where the other noise is turned down. And I know this is making you think today, but God is saying, I need you to turn the volume down of your life. I need you to turn the volume. I'm not saying don't, don't pay attention to other things, but God said everything doesn't deserve all your attention at the same level every day. 
Somebody do like this. Turn the volume down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. What God has to say matters the most. And we got so many things that are, that, that, that are pulling at us. We got so many things that I got to go out here for the kids' soccer practice. And not only I got to be a soccer practice, but I got to be one of the moms that bring the snacks every other day. Or got to go over here and go over there. God said, you're running too much and I'm speaking. I'm speaking and all alone we care about our destiny. And God said, God, if you just give me a word, God said, I'm speaking a word, but your life is too loud. You're running too much. And so God said, I need you to embrace seclusion. Somebody say, embrace the seclusion. Something I want to leave with you. It's a term that God kind of gave me. Because it's not good enough just to be alone. You can say, I'm going to be alone and I'm going to watch different world marathon that's being alone turn on Netflix and watch a whole series or something that's being alone and nothing's wrong with that within its proper perspective but God wants us to focus on active solitude somebody say active see there is passive solitude where I'm, I'm just asleep I'm going to wake up I'm going to eat, I'm going to watch something. You know, that, that's a form of solitude, and sometimes we need that just to rest. Just don't do anything. But God said, I need my people to, to perform active solitude, meaning that while I'm alone, I'm praying with my Father. Somebody say prayer. While I'm alone, I'm meditating on his word, and his plan for my life. So many times other religions get that more than we do. They have set times. I don't care if they're in the airport. I, I was in the airport last month and I saw a room over there that they had set aside. What Muslim people were putting their mats out and were getting ready to lay down. We reserve prayer meditation for when a crisis is going on. And we serve the true and living God who has the answers. But he said, I need you to get up to my mouth and so I can whisper. Somebody say, God, whisper to me. And God is saying, get quiet and come over the way you can hear me. And I, and I know this may not be exciting, y'all, but these are the things that are going to give you the advantage. When you walk in, the, when you, we have no business being ignorant of, the, of Satan's plans in the marketplace, in the job, in our family, wherever it is, because we know the greatest power ever known. And he says, I know all, I see all, I'm not, I'm not caught by surprise by anything, but I need you to get quiet and come hear what I got to say. Somebody say embrace seclusion. We're going to pray before we leave that some people that I just got to be around activity and I got to be around people. That's all well and good, but that could be a, that could be a, a, a deep-seated insecurity that we need to deal with. Because God is not going to speak everything over a bullhorn in a crowd. And we need to know what he has to say. Amen. Prayer, meditation, and strategy. God is a God of strategy. He will give us the plans. The last thing I want to share with you is that the bathroom is a place of exposure. It's the one place where you get fully unclothed. I don't know what else you do around your house. That's your business. But tell somebody, that's the one place where you're naked. 
It's the one place where you are fully exposed. You can go to the shower and you clean your body off and it's usually the place that has the most mirrors. I don't know about you, but every now and then, you know, the water, water running, getting hot, I go and just, you know, see if, see, see, see if my pet's growing or, <laughs> you know how we do, Mark. You know, check, you know, you know, I'm forward, I'm checking my hairline, make sure it's still intact. You know, seeing how many grays I got on the temple, that Lord, I need to pluck that out and, you know, we, 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 you know, so, 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 so the bathroom is a place of exposure and it's a place where you are faced with the, re with the reflection and the reality of what's going on. You turn it to the side, like, woo. You know, like, Lord, have mercy. And don't, and don't, you know, the bathroom is a place of showing up truth. It is what it is. You look in the mirror, that is what it is. It, 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 ain't, no, it ain't no fun house mirror. <laughs> That's what it is. Tell somebody, it is what it is. You're going to stand to the side? No, stand straight forward. It is what it is. <laughs> it's as wise as it is. It's as low as it is. Whatever it is. Tell somebody, it is what it is. Can we tell the truth? And there is no greater place of exposure and reflection and truth than the bathroom. Nobody else has to know it. But it's a place where we can't escape from the reality. I even got a scale right here. And some people don't even have scales in their house. So I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know. But the fact of the matter is, people, we have to get in a place that when we get alone, when we separate from those that don't mean to, get, mean to us, the purpose of getting alone is so that we can do some self-examination. We can always point out the fault of somebody else. Mm, seem like they ought to do this. Seem like they ought to do this. If I was them, blah, blah, blah. We can always point out planks in people's, people's eyes while we got a long plank sticking out of our eyes. The Bible says this. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 5, verse. says, examine yourself. That'll preach all by itself. Tell somebody, say, examine yourself. Whether it be in the faith, prove your own self. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus is in you, except ye be a reprobate. The Amplifier says this, examine and test and evaluate your own self. Don't wait for, don't, don't, don't wait for a life's calamity and issue to put you to the test. Somebody say, test yourself. Examine and test yourself. You know whether you can handle that temptation. You know your thoughts that are running around in your mind. Somebody say, know yourself. And showing proper fruits of it, test and prove yourselves, not Christ. See, so many times we want to say, God, are you going to show up for me? God say, I'm always here. Are you going to show up for yourself? Yes. Do you not yourselves realize and know that Jesus is in you? Unless you are a counterfeit. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. I want you, people of God, to examine yourself. Let me fix my collar here. I want you to examine yourself. Now that God said that you've been alone, you've separated from people, and this is the part that people don't want. 
This is the part where people have the most difficulty in. Not only examining yourself, but doing something about what you find. See, it's one thing to identify it. It's one thing to say, you know what? Woo, I'm getting a little pudgy. But what are you going to do about it? It's one thing to get on a scale and say, woo, the doctor told me my, 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 my good weight is 180 and I'm, and, and I'm 215. What are you going to do about it? Got to say, examination does no good without action. To find it does you no good if you're not going to do anything about it. And I know today's message was a little solemn. And I know it wasn't as, 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 you know, as exuberant, but what I want you to do, what I want you to think about people of God is that there are some things that this room represents that while it, yeah, it does represent being clean and we should be holy for he is holy. And yeah, there's some things we have to eliminate. We have, we, have to, we have to let go of weights and sins that are so easily beset us. And we should be clean by the washing of the word. But after we are exposed to all those things, it comes down to the reflection of you. When people see you, what do they see? When people taste of your fruit, of your fruit, what are they tasting? Are they tasting bitterness? Are they tasting unbelief? Are they tasting all these things? Or are they tasting the sweet nectar of God's spirit? What do people get when they get you? Everybody stand. Do you know why God created man? He said, let us make man in our image and with our likeness and with our abilities. What God is saying is, you are a reflection of me. Somebody say a reflection. wants you to be a reflection of him so many of us are looking like our issues so many of us are looking like the turmoil that's going you wake up how's your day going and, you, and I can see the worry and the frustration on your face and now I realize why God said early cast your cares on me because I am supposed to take those things away because when you step out of the threshold Monday morning I need you to be a reflection of me there's a hurting world out there and when people see you they need to see Christ but God said the only way you're going to do it if you get along with me if you spend time with me somebody hold hands with somebody beside you God, we thank you that today you are giving us permission to be alone. You are giving us the green light to pull aside. because there are secrets that you want to tell us. And so God, I pray for these, your people today. And I pray a spirit of satisfaction in being alone. That Lord, to follow you means that we, that we will not always have the approval of people. Lord, let us embrace solitude. I know it's not fun. 
I know it's not sexy, God. It's, 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 not, it's not one of those things that we are weak because people are always trying to be with other people and show other people what they are, God. But God, we realize that even Jesus, he got alone. Our refreshing is in the alone place. Our next direction, God, is in the alone place. Our next directions for our lives, God, are in the alone place. So God, deal with our hearts and our minds. That we don't have this lustful need to be with others. Setting ourselves up for abuse and manipulation. Yes, God. I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of dependency on other people is broken in this place. That yields itself to witchcrafting spirits. Yes, God. We pray against that python of the mind control that is controlling the minds of God's people. And some devils have even told them, nobody wants to be with you. Oh, I hear you, devil. Nobody cares about you but me. But there is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. God, envelope us in your love. Let us feel your embrace, God. Let us know that you are for us. And because you are for us, no one else can be against us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as we start peeling away, as we create spaces and times, and Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your people are now are even envisioning places and spaces and particular times where you are calling them away. I thank you, Lord, that people are seeing them right now. Lord, that when you meet them, when you meet them, God, you are going to revolutionize their lives. As we make getting with you a priority, God, you're going to revolutionize our lives, God. You're going to tell us secrets. You're going to give us the inside advantage. You are going to do what only we can do. You're going to tell us the secrets, God. Lord, let us hear the whispers of what you're saying. And lastly, God, let us be bold enough to look in the mirror and deal with what it is. God, we promise that if you show it to us, we're going to deal with it. Some of us have hurts and attitudes. Some of us have scarred tissue from previous relationships that you died to heal us from. God, we thank you today that as we examine ourselves, not our neighbor, not our brother, not our sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need. It's me. It's me. It's not those around me. They have no responsibility to me, to my future. God, it's me. It's according to the power that works in me. Lord, let us take up the accountability of our futures and our destiny. 
that no one can make us, no one can break us, no one can stop us but ourselves, God. Let us examine ourselves. Let us stop the blame game, God. That if it wasn't for her, that if you only loved me, if you only bought me a bike when I was little, God, let us receive the accountability for our future. Let us look in the mirror and walk away with a plan and a strategy so that we can be in position for you to use us, God. God will deal with the elephants, with the obvious thing that nobody wants to deal with. God, we pray for our neighbor that they have faith to trust you. Come on, pray for your neighbor. God, we thank you that our neighbor's faith does not fail. That they trust you like never before. That they trust you to be alone. That they trust you to walk this walk, even if they've got to walk it by themselves. Encourage them in their spirit. Let them know that they can make it. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Yes, God. We receive strength from the sanctuary. To walk away from unprofitable relationships. The power to make hard decisions. That we no longer are afraid to be alone. We will face the inner giant and we will deal with it God we thank you Lord that as we are about to release that hand we are symbolically releasing the obligation to other people the weight of obligation you're not God If you could fix it, it would already be fixed. God is delivering somebody right now. I release you from the weight of obligation. It's okay if you want to do something, but people have been making it feel like you got to do something. And you've been forsaking God's call on your life out of obligation for other people. But God said you are free from the obligation. Yes, God delivered. Somebody receive freedom right now. Somebody release those hands and just release it to the Lord. God is freeing you from obligation. Ungodly ties. But people are putting weights on you. 
the weight of guilt, the weight of shame. I hear the Lord saying, you are not me. You are not God. You cannot prevent or cause anything. You are released today. You are released today. From the weight of obligation. I hear the Lord saying, even my Holy Spirit doesn't even put that weight on you. So pray against the spirit of fear. I pray against the spirit of fear because some of you have been scared to let go out of fear of people's responses. But God has not given you the spirit of fear. But a power, love, and a sound mind. Somebody touch your mind. We bind the enemy that will come against your mind, that will play every negative scenario out in your mind. We thank God that our minds are fixed on the goal of our destiny, God. And if anybody that is contrary, anything that is contrary to our destiny, God, you have commanded us to put it out of the room. We thank you right now. That the fiery darts that are that are that are aimed at your mind, they begin to bounce off and ricochet even now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we are so excited. about what you're about to say to us. Let me correct myself. Lord, we are so excited about what we're about to hear that you've already been saying. Because we made the decision to get alone, to spend some quality time with you, God, to shut the door. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash atthefellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.